You're listening to the Flow Theory Podcast. Talk to me about your uh, recruitment process, Tim. I mean, were you just always going to come to Virginia? Uh, Actually, you know, going into it, people don't know, I was a baseball first guy all my life. I never really played football until I got to middle school. So, you know, making that transition, I want to say sixth grade, seventh grade, I was just like a guy on the team. Eighth grade, I transferred to Oscar Smith. Uh, we had a house fire, and uh, we had moved, you know, districts and whatnot. So going into it, I know I wanted to, you know, go to college because I had two older sisters, and one was at Norfolk State at the time, and the other was she's only a year ahead of me. But, you know, she wanted to go to school too. But, you know, I've seen, you know, my parents make sure they put them through school and, you know, everything they had to do because they, uh, they never stayed on campus. You know, to keep the cost down, you stay at home, go to school, do what you got to do. So I just wanted to not be the third one, you know, to have them have to worry about paying for them books and, you know, whatever the case is. So my mentality going into it was I just wanted to go to school on scholarships. I didn't care where I went at that point. I just wanted to go on scholarships so my parents didn't have anything to worry about. So I actually snagged my first two offers the same day my junior year. I got Maryland and West Virginia on the same day. So, um, you know, after that, I was like, wow, like, I got opportunities, you know. And at that point, going into my senior year, I still wanted to take championship ring two. So I had 20, 30 offers, you know, at the time. But I wasn't, you know, time, <laughs> time has changed. You know, looking, looking at the way some of these younger uh, recruits and Players carry offers and everything is totally different than how we did back then. It was an opportunity that we were grateful for and not, you know, something that you would post or like I didn't make no, oh, this is my top five or my top ten. It wasn't any of that. It was an opportunity for me, you know. So going into it, of course, I had to narrow it down uh, to five schools so you can take your five official visits. And my official business was actually the first time I left the state of Virginia. So, um, you know, I had narrowed it down to I, – I didn't know much about Virginia when they first started recruiting me until they signed Perry. So, you know, me and Perry were super tight, always together. You know, whenever my mom had to take me on the 717 and take me up to school, we would literally drive by and pick up Perry. Every time it would just keep going to school, like that was just our routine. Like, hey, P, I'm outside, and you know, with this role, so it was more so one of those things where he was like, "Hey, bro, you know, come with me," you know, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, well, you know, my my mom is very supportive, and because of me, she's become like a super diehard sports fan." So in high school, she didn't miss one game. Um, you know, her and my grandma. <laughs> Yeah, every single game, and she told me, you know, where yeah, wherever you go to school at, I'm gonna try to be there as best I can. Cause she knew I had took official to Louisville, um, I took official to West Virginia, so like those were, you know, some of my top schools where I could have ended up. And to think about the strain financially and physically, you know, her driving and you know, trying to make it out of games and everything that I put on them, I'm like, all right, well, maybe this might be a better opportunity for everybody, not just me. You know, my parents can come up to the game. If, you know, anything go wrong, I, I can get back home within three hours. You know, or they can come up here within three hours. Or, you know, I'd be there with one of my close friends that I grew up with. So, you know, maybe that's it. 
So, you know, I took that all into consideration. And actually, I went up for Harry's official visit. I went with him and stayed with his godmom because she drove us. And that was actually like my first time around. Even though I wasn't like with him throughout the visit, I was still on camera trying to get a vibe for the place. And that was my third visit that I had set up. And, um, you know, after that, I was like, you know, this is the place for me. Uh, my my host was Raza Dallin, who was, you know, from the same city that I was from. Oh, yeah. So, Ross, yeah. Ross, I was uh, incredible. God, he was a really, really good corner man. Absolutely. And, you know, I followed him, you know, and he it was a track guy, too. And, you know, I ran track, so I'm like, all right. You know, I'm I'm here with Raza Dallin. At that point, you know, everybody knew Raza was. So, um you know, I, it felt it felt like home, you know, so I went back and I was like, I'm done. I don't need to go on these other two visits. Like, uh, that's why I'm end up. <laughs> I'm going to Virginia and that's when I signed, you know, made the decision and it was the best decision I could have made. That's awesome, man. Glad to hear that. Um, I, I saw you got the Bill Walsh, uh, you got the Bill Walsh, uh, coaching position. Um, talk to me, talk to me about earning that position. Cause, um, I love Bill Walsh. He's definitely one of my favorite football coaches of all time. Uh, a lot of it's because of the West Coast scheme and the way he would throw passes to the running backs and the tight ends. But um, I really just love looking at a lot of Bill Walsh quotes. And uh, I mean, I, I was never really like a huge 49ers fan, but just just a huge fan of Bill Walsh. I know he has that uh, that that book that that Bill Walsh wrote. I forget there was like. It was rare. I, I forget what the name of it was, but I, I think you could buy like a copy on eBay for like a hundred dollars or something. It was, it was expensive because it's it's kind of hard to find. And maybe you've tried mm-hmm. to track that down. But uh, talk to me about earning the uh, Bill Walsh coaching position, dude. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, man, that, that was a blessing within itself, man. Just to you know have that opportunity and you know for everything that Bill Walsh stood for is it, like the same principle, you know, that a lot of people and coaches go by. So by me being up in this uh, you know Philadelphia area, and um, actually my the same coach that was a receiver coach at Edmonton through that whole little situation that was Coach Carson Walsh who was the uh, the receiver coach in Philly last year. And also, um, Coach Mike Grove, he was the offensive coordinator that was in Philly last year, too. So it was one of those things where, you know, they knew me. I, I still speak to them every so often. You know, we talk about ball and coaching and everything. And they knew my situation where, you know, I'm at a school where it's a small Division two school, but I'm doing a lot. At one point, I'm coaching all the skill positions offensively by myself. You know, as a young coach, you know, getting into it, now I'm, you know, picked up. I'm, I'm, I'm going with it, going with the flow, you know, making practice schedules, pretty much doing everything that you can't really get at a lot of other places. So, you know, I spoke to them a couple of times. I was like, yeah, now I put in my, my, uh, my application for it. I'm very interested in, you know, just seeing the other side of, the NFL. I seen the player side, so I know the politics and you know everything around it like that. But now I want to see you know how it is to be on the coaching side. I want to sit in those meetings. I want to you know pick guys' brains 
to a point where it's something that I can take back with me. And, you know, it, it was just amazing. I was there for, I want to say, three weeks because it runs into football, our football season. But, you know, we started a little early, so I was able to see the first preseason game that they had. And just to see that whole, you know, operation day in and day out. I was in all the meetings with the coaches, you know, and I was pretty much there all day. I was like, you know, a coach for three weeks in NFL, you know, which was unbelievable. Yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. And I I ran into guys that, you know, I played with or I know. Um, You know, Rodney McLeod, he was there. So he didn't even see me there until I was in the front row of the coaches and the meeting. was like, dang, bro, what's up? And I was like, hey, man, you know, it, it was good dialogue, man. That's still one of my guys. And um, also Josh Sweat, who went to Oscar Smith. He's younger than me. But oh, yeah. Josh still- <laughs> Josh was an incredible player coming out of high school, dude. Yeah, I knew he had – he, he, he had that really bad injury, but, God, mm-hmm. he, was, he was definitely one of the most decorated players ever to come out of the state of Virginia. Absolutely. So, you know, just to be able to, you know, run into those guys. And, you know, I had to give them a couple pointers in there, you know, when they would talk about guys who, you know, might need to show a little more or pick it up here. You know, him being my, one of my guys that had to to the side, like, hey, man, you should go have to pick it up, you know, ASAP. You know, you're on a little bubble and you're on the radar. So, you know, it was a great experience, man. I actually took their, uh, the way they ran practice and the way they did certain drills and implemented that into what we did uh, the last, last season as far as, like, camp and everything. Because, you know, my coach, he's all, my head coach now, he was always open to suggestions. He was like, all right, now, well, you know, I'm thinking about doing training camp different. I was like, all right, cool, coach. I got a lot of ideas. You know, I got some stuff that I took from Philly, and it's the way they did it. And I was able to, you know, explain that to him and the rest of the coaching staff. So it kind of helped everybody in full circle because now, you know, my, my actually my head coach, he did his, uh, he did an internship with the Redskins at the same time that I was doing mine with the Eagles. But he was only there for a certain amount of time. Um, because uh, he went to mini camp, but I went for training camp. So we was able to, you know, bounce ideas off each other, man. And it just, you know, expanded my vocabulary and me as a coach and drills and everything that I was doing so I can run myself like a professional pretty much. That's pretty cool, man. It's always cool to hear any, any sort of uh, insight, you know, behind the scenes NFL, like that, I, that I can't get like in the mainstream media. That's why I really love talking to all you players. Cause you guys all have so many interesting uh, behind the scenes stories. Um, Talk to me about, um, I want to hear your thoughts on paying college football players, college basketball players. Uh, this is something that Clay Travis has talked about on his show, Outkick. And uh, he's, he's talked about, he doesn't really sound like he's in support of it because he, he claims that college football is not a for-profit uh, business. But my my counter-argument to that would be that if you got enough to pay these coaches millions of dollars, you can find the money to pay these players at least a couple of thousand dollars a month, you know, like a, like a stipend. That's my argument. And, uh, I also wouldn't be opposed to the players getting some sort of long-term, uh, healthcare, like some sort of long-term healthcare insurance, something like that. But, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on, 
playing, uh, paying players, Tim, because I know it's a very complicated issue with title nine. Um, I think you could really drastically reduce a lot of these athletic departments and really just, just focus on the, on the college football, college basketball teams and, and pay them. If that's what it took, I mean, I would be in support of that. I know that a lot of the athletes and there'd be a lot of people that would be against that, you know, but to me, I mean, college football and college basketball are the engine to the whole thing, you know? So to me, they deserve to stay alive from a business perspective. So let's, uh, let's hear your thoughts on it, Tim. Yeah, well, I agree um, with what you just said, as far as basketball and football being the engine, but, you know, still dealing with title nine. I feel like if that was a route, they would just have to be subjected to use the money that, those sports teams bring in. So like the field hockey bringing in four million, then that is a cap of whatever incentives each player can get. And it should be the same for every sport, so it's not like any cross crossing going. Cross pollination. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well you guys pack you guys stadium out and you'll get more money. You know, it and it just have to go from it, you know, from that standpoint. But I do feel like players should get paid something because, you know, like I said, once I graduated, I was in a gray area where I didn't have any money. And I'm trying to figure myself out. I don't have, you know, any kickstart or anything like that. You know, I, I had a little bit left over that I spent on me to go training. But at that point, you know, that was just saved up, you know, financial money or whatever. I could, you know, hustle up, you know, doing a little side job, cutting grass or whatever the case is. But if you're really into the student athlete, you know, you should be into their well-being after they're done, you know, their duties. You know, pretty much we've done our four or five years. But what else did I get out of it other than, you know, opportunity to play on the next level and a degree? And that's, you know, usually the argument that everybody goes with is, oh, we didn't pay for school. I'm like, well, that's fine, but I also bought a lot of money into this school. So, you know, I look back, I had magazines pretty much every year. Uh, I don't know if you remember the little throwback when we put out throwback jerseys. I literally did the same jump 200 times in a photo shoot. I had to practice one day, dripping sweat just to hit the correct pose, you know, just to be on the magazine for that weekend. Um, you know, all the stuff that's on eBay, people, you know, like like your like your uh your pants that are on there for forty nine bucks. <laughs> like how how are people selling? Like what are you gonna do with the pants? What put them on wear right now? <laughs> you know, even small stuff like that. Like, I, I, th- I thought that was hilarious, dude. I, I can't say I ever wanted like a, a pair of a player, like a pair of pants from a, a football player, like a jersey. Like of course, but. <laughs> I thought it was pants. funny that someone selling uh, football pants on eBay. Pants is nuts. You know, so even, you know, coming down to, to stuff like that, even my uh, my senior year, I want to say, I was on the cup for one of the games. So they're selling cups with $10. You pack out the stadium, who knows how much money they generate. I didn't even get a dime. I got a few cups to give my mom extra. But, you know, other than that, it's instances like that where even if it's incentive-based, I wouldn't be opposed. Because, yeah, everybody doesn't, you know, get put on the, the flyer or get put on the tickets or whatever the case is. But for the guys that do, 
that helps generate, you know, people coming in and they want to come see this player and that player, give them some type of incentive, you know, or yeah. you know, whatever the case is, you, you make all ACC, it might be a hundred, a hundred dollars or, you know, something because you, you knowing that you're going to encourage the next player that want to come, you know, the next recruit, next top guy. Oh, that's, a, that's a great, I, that's a great idea, Tim. I never even thought of that. Uh, giving incentives for the uh, awards. That's, that's an awesome idea, dude. Yeah, it, it's a lot. Even so for me, since, you know, I was one of, I want to say me and O'Day Abushi were like the only two freshmen that played offensively any snaps my freshman year. And, you know, like Terry, Roy, they all played such a team, but like we were actually, I started probably half the season. I, I think I led the team in touchdowns, even though it wasn't like great stats, but, you know, still coming in as a freshman, not too many people are doing that. So pretty much every week, I was hosting recruits. I'm hosting these top recruits. I was hosting Darius Simmons, you know, EJ Scott. Like, I was hosting all them guys. You know, you'll get the whatever per deal money, you know, for to to get them a meal or whatever the case is. But it's like, all right, so now if he signs, he signs, you're going to sign because of the people, the people you around. Yeah. Now, I I just did a job for you, signed another four-star recruit. Now, I get nothing. Yeah, that so, you know, that's another really interesting point that uh, none of the athletes have brought up, Tim. That's uh, that's a really intriguing uh, concept that you just dropped there, and and I agree with you, man. That would be really interesting if they, uh, you know, if if they gave the player monetary incentives. It's like it's mm-hmm. like sales, you know. It, it it's a sales pitch, you know. So. Yeah, and that's all it is, you know. And like I said, that helps the university in itself. And we doing that for free, you know, and that would, I feel like, you know, in life, when people have incentives to do things better, they do them better. So who was to say that, um, actually, when I had Darius Jennings as a recruit, uh, my roommate had TJ Thor, who, who ended up going to UNC, but then ended up coming to Virginia. So I'm like, all right, well, maybe, you know, thinking back to it now that we have this conversation, is every guy we host that we sign, we get, you know, a couple hundred dollars or whatever the case is. Maybe the guy that hosted him, my roommate, would, you know, took him around or showed him a little other places or, you know, took him to this restaurant more so than taking him to McDonald's. Sure. So now you bring sure. in more top guys because now it's like, okay, I want that money. So now I'm going to do my job that much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, really, you, you would hope that all the players like it, you know, at Virginia mm-hmm. and that, that they that they genuinely want to show guys like tours of the of the campus and stuff. You know what I mean? But, you know, yeah. I'm not I'm not ignorant to know that, you know, that's not always the case. You know what I mean? Sometimes guys Absolutely. might just be unhappy and and stay in certain places. You know, I, a funny story I got for you, Tim. I don't know if you've ever heard of Cornell Parker, basketball player from Virginia, but I heard that, a story about Cornell Parker that he, I forget what recruit it was, man, but Cornell Parker was telling guys not to come to Virginia. That's that's what I heard like a really long time ago, dude. And I, I re, you mentioning that story just kind of, pop that into my head but i'm curious tim what restaurant in charlottesville would you take a player to 
if you're like, all right, man, we got we got a big recruit. We got to make sure we get some good food. Where are we going? Um, man, so see now I got to ask you, is, is this like a Friday night, Saturday night? You got to catch. OK, the, the, OK. The we'll say it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a Friday night and like the recruit has like just flown in. And and you know you've you've shown them around campus a little bit, and uh, this is like a pivotal recruit, the hypothetical, right? But this is a pivotal recruit, and uh, let's say it's one of the top players in their class. Um, and we gotta have him, obviously, because he's a big time player. We'll say it's a five star. Anyways, where where would you take uh, the recruit to? On Friday night, it's not there anymore. But this is the place that I got taken to when I visited. But Downtown Grill. Oh yeah, I heard I heard Downtown Grill closed. Man, I never got to go yeah. there. Food, food there's pretty man, good. It was awesome. It was awesome. I went out with the coaches and um, the whole staff, and it was probably me and I don't know who else was with me other than Raz. I, I think it was like one or two other recruits. There wasn't too many of us on campus that weekend. But it was amazing, man. Just the people, the food, and downtown. Just seeing the area because we walked the area actually before um, we went into the restaurant because we stayed at the Omni, which is you know within walking distance too. So just seeing the area and seeing the the different vibe and atmosphere, I, I really enjoyed it. But um, if you're speaking about like a uh, Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, probably for the hike. Guys, good food and you know, good atmosphere. Dude, I I, I love Boiling Heights, Tim. I tell you what, um, man, that that over the years has been one of my favorite places to watch. I'll never forget. I watched uh, a Virginia basketball game on the road. At Notre Dame, and this was when I don't know if you remember Mariel Shyock. He hit a three in the corner mm-hmm. to win that game for us, and the place just went nuts. And I'll be honest, man, like I can't find that same kind of passion like a lot of places. Like I'm a diehard fan, man. Like I go nuts during games, you know. Like I'm yelling every single play, you know. And like the yep. fans at Boiling Heights, it's the students. And you feel the energy every single play. Like to this day, like that's undoubtedly one of my favorite places to like watch a game because they sing the good old song after the game. I mean, it was awesome. The food is epic. And man, those, those fans, they live it. They breathe it. Like, the passion. I'm. I'm like high fiving random strangers in there. I'm like, exactly. let's go. All love. You know, like. All love. And then they they also got the Virginia uh, posters and stuff in there. I mean, it, it's one of the few yeah. places that feels like a true, you know, Virginia bar. You know, and um, absolutely w- with all the football stuff. I mean. I wish there were more places that had like football memorabilia in them. You know what I mean? But boiling. No, I definitely agree. Boiling. Boiling's definitely one of those that uh, forever has a special place in my heart. Um, You know, getting back to paying the players, you know, I I just think like, you know, like I showed you the picture uh, that I got taken with you at meet the team day. Like how cool would it be for like the meet the team day that fans, 
you know, maybe you pay like 30 bucks to get your picture taken with a player. You know what I mean? I mean, I'll be honest. I'd pay that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, obviously different players would probably charge like different prices. Like Bryce Perkins this past year, like I was watching him at Meet the Team Day. There was, oh, there was about a line of like 200 people. I'm like, man, I'm not getting in that line. I love Bryce Perkins to death. And he's the savior of Virginia football, but uh, I was I was not gonna wait that long. You know what I mean? Uh, but um, I, I totally agree with you that I mean, how cool would it be? You know, for the players that are on the cups, and and you know, how cool would it be for a player to you know, let's say you have a stack of like really cool photos that you sign, and maybe you get like twenty twenty or thirty bucks for a photo that you sign that gives you extra spending money for restaurants, textbooks, mm-hmm. just all kinds of living expenses. Or you could use it, you know, post-college. I, I just, to me, exactly. uh, I think that people that are, you know, against college uh, players getting paid, to me, um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And and I think that the tide has finally turned, um, you know, I, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the craziness of this upcoming college football season that which uh, has really changed by like the day, Tim, in terms of the Pac-12 canceling their season. The Big Ten is now being petitioned to reinstate their season. But some people have said that basically the reason that they canceled their season was one, they're not going to be able to pay for the COVID tests. And two, they they didn't want to do it because of the players unionizing and, and demanding, you know, a, a number of different things. What are your thoughts? Um, man, my thoughts are all over the place. One, looking back to see how I would go about it if I was a player. But two, you know, me being a college coach myself, I mean, our season was cut two months ago, you know, but, you know, still understanding that, you know, this pandemic is going on. And I try to let my kids know, like, it's, it's safety first, man. Like, I'm not trying to lose any, any of my loved ones, friends, players, nobody. So, you know, I know, you know, some people are, you know, diehard football. They see football as their, you know, only way out or only opportunity for anything. But in all actuality, you have to be here and present alive for anything to happen anyway. So, <laughs> That's a good if, point, Tim, that no one said. So, so if you're risking your life for the opportunity and something happens where you get sick and, you know, whatever the case is, that might hurt you more so than anything else. Everything else we can adjust. You know, just like they said, you know, for us, they're giving our guys, our seniors, an extra semester, you know, another season, pretty much, the play. So like, everything can adjust, but at the same time, you have to be healthy enough and alive to see anything through, you know. But it is definitely, you know, a day-by-day thing, and I don't know how fast they are uh, making these new tests, but every school is going to need them, you know, especially, you know, you dealing with football, they have to get tested often as well. And that's one of the issues we ran into at the school I'm at, it's like, all right, well, we ordered the test, but now the tests are delayed to come in for two weeks. So, man, we had to bump everything back for two weeks because you don't want anybody on campus without getting tested. So it's like, what, 
we can only do so much, you know. And if that's the case, then let's cancel the season. Because, of course, that, you know, football and basketball is still iffy on what they're going to plan on doing it. But, you know, football brings everybody else can. They bring all the fans. They bring all, you know what I'm saying, pretty much everything. And, you know, for, for the big schools to cancel it, it just made people realize how serious it is. You know, they get big money in the Big Ten. And, you know, Pac-12, so it's like, you know, for them to cancel, it, it is serious. And it is more so than people make it seem. Like, football is not everything. It's not the end-all, be-all. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Tim. I totally agree. I think a lot of people are uh, kind of just – this whole thing has just kind of blown my mind, Tim, and just how how people are just like – you know, we got to play. I'm like, guys, like, I, this is so insane. Like 160,000 American citizens have died already. And people are just like, I don't care. Like, I want to play football. I mean, it's kind of nuts, man. Like, listen, I'm going to watch if if people want to play. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think college and the NFL are both absolutely insane to continue in this environment dude like i totally would have opted out a long time ago if i was a player and uh you know i i get it how people say like well we don't know what's gonna happen in spring and you know whether or not we're actually gonna have a vaccine but uh to me that just seems like the safest the safest option i know that everyone's got their take on it you know but uh, it's yeah. just, it's crazy, man. It's, it's just nuts. I, when this whole thing came out, man, I was just like, you know what? Football's definitely going to get canceled just across the board. You know what I mean? But I, yeah. I look at how it's been like, just, it's been such a like split issue for so many people. I'm just like, this is like, it's just borderline insanity. You know what I just, it's crazy, man. It really is. And I love football. Like, more than a lot of people than than I know, you know, like it's been such a huge part of my life is really the biggest reason I'm, I'm a big sports fan was watching Virginia football when I was seven years old. You know, I've just, I've lived it, breathed it, eaten it, sleeped it. But man, I mean, like you said, you know, you got to be alive to like live to fight another day. And, and that is really my philosophy on it and uh sounds like you totally agree what exactly are you doing um in the meantime tim i know you're the offensive coordinator where where exactly are you at lincoln yeah i'm at lincoln university it's a d2 and the ciaa uh we're like the furthest north so we played a virginia state virginia union and uh north carolina team and there's one team uh Bowie state here in maryland and um yeah offensive coordinator man and you know just trying to change the program around program that was down for a while i think they just bought football back in like 2008 or something so you know this is going on my third season at, well would have been third season that fall so you know the first two years i've been there man it, it's been you know, a process of changing that place around. Man, they didn't have any type of support system for our, for the football players. Like, it was just totally new. So that was the, you know, the opportunity for me to jump in there with the new head coach because we all got there together and kind of implement some things that, you know, that has to happen at a university as far as, 
you know, having an academic coordinator, which they did not have, which is crazy to me. And that was one of the reasons they had, like, a lot of turnover and they had retention issues. And um, just having the strength and conditioning coach, we got one, we hired one of those. But it's like, you know, there's a lot of places where, you know, a lot of student athletes do not have the same resources as others, yes, but some of them is way worse off than us. So that's why, man, I'm here, man, trying to change this place around and trying to implement some stuff. So whenever I do leave, I can look back like, man, look, they, had a, they didn't have a lot of stuff when I first got there. And by the time I left, a lot of stuff has changed, even though it might not show it in the win-loss record. But, you know, I got players where I had one of my freshman receivers I recruited last season. He came in, killed it, was all uh, freshman team, all conference, and he jumped up D1, you know, a few months ago. So, you know, even small stuff like that, man, I'm, you know, I'm all for the kids and all, you know, try to help them out as much as possible. But they're not kids, but, you know, soon athletes. <laughs> right. Um so, um, what is your schedule like now that the season's been canceled? Are you, are you doing like a lot of recruiting constantly and just kind of trying to develop stuff for next year? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, recruiting is hard right now because now you got to think of who you can recruit, you know, because now a lot of uh, junior colleges aren't playing either. They canceled all of that, so a lot of guys may not have film or, you know, maybe we're looking for a film in the fall. So you're trying to find, you kind of like backtrack recruit basically. Cause I had quite a few guys that were like, cause you know, I'm going to stay at Duke another year or, you know, they had some other academic issues, which is fine. But now all that stuff changes. So recruiting has changed in, entirely. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So especially when it comes to you saying that, you know, you want to have a season in the spring. Okay, and these high schools are going to play in the spring. Okay, cool. So how are we going to recruit if we're playing and they're playing? Like, I, you know, there's not enough time in the day. You know, other than us recruiting by the computer or by phone, fine. But I'm trying to go see people in person. I'm trying to do some at-home visits. You know, I want to get a feel for somebody before I bring them, you know, on campus to this, this family. So, you know, all that stuff has changed, man. I just been literally work from home on Zoom calls all day, you know. And we uh, started school online today. So today was a little hectic because, you know, like you were saying before, in the last past week, Everything has changed every single day. So we had to have meetings and go back and be like, oh, well, we know we said this on Monday. Well, it's Wednesday and it's changed. Man, we got to do this. You know, it's just so much uncertainty. So, you know, I'm just trying to get my playbook and stuff together ready for whenever we do play again and, you know, just take it from there pretty much day by day at this point with, like I said, all the changes and all the adjustments going on, you really can't set a plan for anything right now. So, you know, even, you know, speaking about us playing in the spring, it's like, okay, you want it, it's dangerous for, you know, student athletes or professional athletes to play in the fall. Yes, but it's more dangerous as a player playing two seasons in one year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and you're saying that, okay, you want to play in the spring, but Student athletes may have a month off and then go right back into summer workout for a month and then camp and then play another full schedule. Man, I, I physically couldn't. I don't know about these athletes, these two athletes, but I can do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you, so, Tim. Uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll just end up pushing the whole year just back a full year, you know, but. 
like you said, dude, it's totally going to mess up the whole like recruiting calendar. And then if we have, if there's some conferences that play like in the fall and then some that play in the spring, like, (laughs) I mean, this is, this is just, it's total madness, Tim. This is, this is one of the most chaotic times, like for a number of reasons, but the recruiting calendar for football is just like man f- pick a card man because it's it's changing uh daily um yep. I, got, I got one more question for you tim and then i'll i'll let you go i, I really appreciate all the time that you've taken um let me uh one question i got for you i think this guy is absolutely insane to want to play i watched the E60 on Alex Smith, Tim. Please tell me, Tim, that you think that Alex Smith is 100% certifiably insane for wanting to play tackle football with grown men in the National Football League after suffering one of the most horrific sports injuries I've ever seen in in my life. Hey, uh, all I'm going to say is <laughs> he is her own because I couldn't do it. You know, it, it's more, like I said before, it's more to life than just football. So you putting yourself out on the line every Sunday, not even every Sunday, every practice for a game that could potentially, like if he has that same injury two times in a row, oh, he's he in, might not he, be able to walk. He's in a wheelchair forever, Tim. And and that's not something that I'll be able to live with. You know, up until this point, he's made a lot of money. He's did a lot of stuff. So it's like, man, listen, everybody window closes at some point. Don't stay in that window too long to a point where you hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more, Tim. I, Alex Smith has had a very solid career. And, um, you know, quite frankly, you know, with Jay Gruden gone from the Redskins, I think that the quarterbacks there will have a higher chance of succeeding was never really a fan of Jay Gruden, either of the Gruden brothers, but, Mm -hmm. but you know, Alex Smith had his best time with Andy Reid, Tyree kill and and Jim Harbaugh really helped him to turn the corner in San Francisco too. I I totally agree, man. You made all that money. You've had a much better NFL career than most quarterbacks could ever dream of. You know, there's something to be said for being content and just hanging it up, man. It, I it, I cringed when I saw that Alex Smith and his family like, hey, listen, you guys should totally be popping those champagne bottles. But after you <laughs> pop those champagne bottles, Tim, I want you to take those cleats and take those pads. <laughs> And hang him up forever, brother. That guy is a walking science experiment, my man. Do you realize that he spoke to a group of orthopedic surgeons in Virginia, Tim? Because he had he had like fifteen or sixteen surgeries, uh, an ungodly a number of of surgeries, Tim. And like he's lucky to be alive. Like he was septic. Like oh, man, you you've got to watch the E60 on Alex Smith, dude. It's yeah. I cannot nah, believe I that guy wants to play again, man. He's crazy, dude. Yeah, I would take it out, man. Because surgeries alone are dangerous, man. Like I had my uh, 
my ankle during my second year. That's why I missed the season, you know, when I tore my ligaments. But, you know, even that surgery was a two-hour surgery that turned into a six-hour surgery that turned into, you know, me not having any ligaments. So now I had to get cadaver parts in me. So... It is, oh man, it's a thing where, you know, some people don't wake up from surgery. Whatever the case is, just to put yourself in that predicament over and over again, I, I can do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think Alex, <laughs> I, I wish yeah. I could, I wish I could sit down with Alex for like, just give me five, 10 minutes. But I, yeah. I know there, there's no way the doctors are like, oh man, like, yeah, go, go on yeah, out no. there, Alex. There's no way it's orthopedist is telling him that. I mean, no. but and it's better days out behind. <laughs> it's better playing days out behind for sure. Yeah, I agree. And, and, uh, you know, it's just something to be said for, you know, you've had a great career. You've made lots of money. You can, you can still walk. And you know what? If you want to toss the ball in the backyard with your kids, Hey, go right ahead, man. But strapping on the pads and playing full contact tackle football with grown men in the national football league. Uh, He's, he's absolutely insane. Listen, I I hope he doesn't get hurt. I mean, I I really don't, but man, he, he is really putting a lot on the line. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I really appreciate you taking all the time uh, to talk with me, Tim. Uh, I really appreciate all the, all the memories of the, of the CFL and, hearing about the pros and uh and not only that hearing your thoughts on uh paying college players man that's something that i i love talking to all the players about and just uh hearing your guys thoughts yes sir absolutely appreciate you having me on all right thanks a lot tim take care and uh stay safe during all these times man yes sir you too thank you see ya to the flow theory podcast you can listen to our podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify and tune in